Hello and welcome to the NDA podcast. My name is Justin Pierce and I'm the editor. Today's podcast is called Programmatic Under the Microscope, a series in association with Zander. And this is episode two, Reconstructing the Digital Identity. I'm joined by two amazing guests, Amina from Zander and Toon from DPG Media. So before we kick off, let's have an introduction from both of you. Amina. Hi, I'm Amina. Um, I'm the Director of Strategic Projects and Product Go-To-Market at Xander. Um, I've had the privilege of being able to work with DPG, so I'm excited to be here with Toon today. Fantastic. Hi, Amina. So Toon, who are you? Where do you work and what do you do there? Hi, I'm uh, Toon Coppens. I'm responsible for advertising data at DPG Media uh, for the Belgium and uh, the Netherlands. I'm based in uh, Belgium, um, but uh, work for both uh, yeah, Belgium and the Netherlands, as I said previously. Well, great to see you. So in this episode, we're going to look at how DPG Media in particular is approaching the appending identity crisis. So let's kick off. I mean, identity is such a hot topic in this industry. And from industry IDs to contextual targeting, curated marketplaces, how does anyone actually know what the future of identity is online anyway? That's, I mean, I'm looking at you. Yeah, that's a really great question. Um, and you kind of mentioned a few different topics. And we at Xander, we really talk about the multi-pronged approach, the idea that there isn't one solution that's going to solve for identity. They're that can't possibly be just because of the nature of the problem. So when you talk about some of the um, different solutions, um, you've got the addressable solutions. So, you know, solutions where there's an identifier type basis, or you've got more of the anonymous solutions where you're using data science or contextual. Um, I think what's really important to understand is it's going to be a combination of these solutions that ultimately come together to provide solutions for our clients. And I think um, being in conversations with clients like DPG, we've really seen that it's not going to be one thing, it's going to be a combination of things. Toon, again, the same question for you. There's, there's so many solutions out there on the market. How how do we know exactly what what is this thing called online identity in the first place? Yeah, I fully agree there with uh, Amina. It's uh, we're taking also a uh, multi-directional approach um, with regards to identity. I think for DPG Media, we are quite a special uh, media company, being both number one in Belgium and the Netherlands, uh, by far being the greatest, uh, the largest media company uh, and publishing company in Belgium and Netherlands. Um, which means that we can put a lot of focus on our first-party data and. Um, it's also in which we believe very much uh, for the long term that it will be uh, very much focused on first-party data, direct connection with the consumer. And then we mean first-party data that is gathered by the advertiser, the brand that wants to advertise, and first-party data um, which is um, derived uh, as a, a media company, as a publisher, and combine both together. So the, on that side, uh, that's the first thing in which we believe very uh, much is this, this first-party data focus. Next, uh, like Amina was saying, we also believe that for uh, consumers that do not provide consent, for instance, yeah, things like contextual advertising um, or more data science-based solutions will certainly be uh, an alternative. And so it's an N-N kind of combination that we are also uh, looking at. For us at DPG Media, we are a little bit specific as um, yeah, most of our uh, revenues on the digital side is coming from uh, direct and deal-based campaigns. And so we are less exposed today to um, open market uh, revenues um, as far as we can uh, tell both for Belgium and the Netherlands. So what, what's a good 
data strategy look like? And be that from an advertiser point of view or a publisher point of view, but in this sort of morass of conflicting solutions, what does a good data strategy Yeah, that's a really good question. So I think before answering that, it's worth thinking about the different types of data that you might have. So third-party data still exists, but that will obviously sort of become less and less available um, over the course of time. Um, And then you've also got the concept of second-party data. Um, So the idea that someone else's first-party data, where you have a good relationship with them, you could potentially use that. Uh, But ultimately, I think it does come down to first-party data, um, where you as the publisher have an agreement with your users, have an agreement to use that data and know who they are, because that that ultimately tells advertisers that you um, know who your user base is and know how to reach them. Um, so I think ultimately it does come down to using first-party data, making sure that you have the correct consent, understand the regulations in your market to be able to retrieve and store that data um, and kind of build it off of that. We're definitely seeing the rise of um, many publishers thinking about building CDPs, so a customer data platform, um, with the idea that one unique place to kind of have all your data about your users seems to be the right idea and the right way to go about things. Um, And I think that makes sense, especially because data sources can be disparate depending on um, who you are as a publisher, depending on if your sales team speaks to your adults team or speaks to your editorial team. So um, I think ultimately it comes down to... Um, really understanding your first-party data and having a a good place to collect that. And Tuna, DPG, second-party data, CDPs, how are you approaching this? Yeah, very much like uh, Amino was saying, there is a a maximized focus on our site on uh, first-party data. Um, When we get consent of consumers uh, at DPG, well, we maximize our ability to identify consumers cross-domain and cross-device. In total, we have 19-plus brands across uh, the different markets. And so we really follow our visitors across all these uh, domains and create a profile uh, when consumers have uh, given, given us their uh, explicit consent for that. Um, and so this means behind that, for instance, that we have been rolling out one consent management platform across all of our sites, that we have been rolling out one DPG media account across all our sites, making it possible to identify really the, those consumers across their full journey that they have um, across all DPG media, different brands, websites, and, uh, and apps. And then uh, when we have this information, this identification, we build up profiles of these consumers um, and these profiles continuously get enriched um, so that when we have these uh, enriched profiles, we can then use this to optimize and personalize the, the content experience, the marketing experience, but also the advertising experience of consumers. It's interesting you talk about the content experience and the advertising experience and the use of data to inform these. So I guess the, that speaks to a wider question about the overall value exchange. The value exchange talks a lot about in terms of what the publisher delivers to the consumer and therefore what the consumer will give up in return in terms of their data. So when we're talking about digital identity in, in particular and the idea of reconstructing this in light of the macro changes happening, what, what does all this mean for the, for the value exchange for the end consumer? Um, I think it's different depending on what kind of publisher you have and what kind of relationship you have with um, your users. Um, I've worked with DPG Media for for a while now. Um, Toon can definitely talk to the number of different publishers they have and the number of, number of different sites that they have. Um, and, you know, they are not just a publishing business, but a broadcasting business. And um, 
the fact that you as a user, when you go to a DPG media site, you know what to expect. Um, you know that you are going to receive quality content. Um, and based on that, I think we all as consumers, if we receive quality content, I think we're uh, far more open to relevant advertising, at least I'm speaking for myself here, but I think that that's definitely how I understand it. Um, and I think it's really about sharing that um, quality experience with users so that they are more open to that value exchange, whether they know of it by default or whether it's just something that's inherently understood. And how, I mean, you talk about whether, whether they are aware of it or not, and obviously consumers are getting more savvy in terms of the digital identity online. So, digital identity online. How is their sort of a growing awareness helping, do you think, in, in, this, in this sphere? Um, so I think, again, when you speak about the larger publishers, um, essentially what they're providing is quality content. Um, and, you know, the reason I think users are becoming more and more aware is not all publishers can really continue to pro provide free content. It's just something that's becoming less and less viable. Um, so as you go to sign sign into your favorite um, news website that suddenly you have to pay for and there's a paywall there, I think that's, you know, growing, that's, you know, making people more aware of the fact that there is something going on where you have to provide something in return for the content. So thank you. So Toon, how does that strike you as a publisher? This idea of the value exchange, we talk about it a lot in the industry, but you know, how is this idea of reconstructing digital identity helping or hindering that? Yep. I think it's a, a key concept, of course. And uh, in everything that we do, we're really striving for this proportionality between on one side what we're offering the consumers on personalized experiences on content level on marketing level but also personalizing their experience on the on the advertising level and uh, a good example is what we do for instance as a uh, dpg media is a broadcaster in belgium we have uh, the number one uh, avot platform vtm go in the the belgian market uh, which is providing a fully personalized uh, experience with personalized recommendations um, that you know like of the netflix kind of platforms we also provide those um, and we see that really consumers value these a lot and also consumers find it logical uh, that they have to log in for this kind uh, of experience. If you provide them personalized recommendations, the ability to continue to watch further where they have left the last time and so on, of course, it's a, a very logical uh, experience for them to log in and um, yeah, provide uh, their data uh, in exchange for this full, fully personalized uh, experience. For us, it's important when consumers provide data that we always do this in a transparent way so that they know which data is being used for what kind of uh, services, that they always have the choice. Um, so, of course, it's a freely given consent uh, which we are asking in order to use this data for target advertising and that we also provide them control control in order to decide which kind of data is being used for what kind of services so this transparency control and choice are really key and central to our privacy proposition and on the other side is proportionality between what we provide them, these fully personalized experiences, and on the other side, using that same data for marketing and advertising uh, reasons is, is key. Otherwise, there is no consumer value exchange. 
I think that's really interesting, the idea of giving consumers more control over that experience. It's definitely the way, the way that they'll be happier, I guess, to engage with this sort of thing. But let's talk about the other side of the coin, uh, advertiser relationships with publishers. And obviously, advertiser relationships with publishers are changing. We can see that happen all the time in light of the big, <laughs> big macro changes going on. But when it comes to digital identity and how we're reconstructing digital identity, how is that affecting the actual relationships between the buy and the sell side? And Mina, what are you seeing? Um, I know in the past I've heard of it referred to as sort of a power struggle, and I've always hated that term. Um, I think going forward, we need to really relook at that and think of it more in terms of collaboration and the fact that we are going to need to see more and more collaboration in the industry in order for transparency to work and in order for choice to become a theme for for users. Um, so I think we kind of need to move away from those historical thoughts of it's a power struggle between advertisers and publishers. No, I think it's a collaboration effect, um, effort between adverti- advertisers and publishers to really get closer, realise that publishers have the first party data and can really understand their users and have that um, valued relationship with users and advertisers can really benefit from that. So by collaborating together, um, that's really how we're going to um, make sure that the the industry really thrives. Um, rather than potentially, you know, go, going down the wrong path, which is, you know, a potential as it could be. Um, and I think the other point to make is, as we move away from third-party data to first-party data, there's, there's a key difference there, right? Uh, first-party data is um, collated by the publisher, whereas third-party data, you don't you can't really explain to an advertiser where it comes from. And I think these conversations will become easier and easier as these solutions come into play. Yeah, I suppose first-party data is suddenly so much more valuable than it once was and will become even more so in the next couple of years. But how are you seeing the relationship change in terms of the value that publishers can now deliver based on that data in terms of the insight they can give advertisers must be increasing exponentially? Yeah, absolutely. And I think, um, you know, you just think of things like segments and the fact that you can get really... um, defined with your segments that perhaps you wouldn't have been able to before. Um, You can provide these segments in a marketplace. First-party data marketplaces weren't really a thing before. Um, So there are are propositions that you can package up to really help that conversation with advertisers along. Um, And yeah, I think we're just going to see more of this going forward. Collaboration and the move from a power struggle to more of a partnership too. How does this sort of view of the world strike you? Yeah, this is uh, really something that we're seeing uh, very much in the in the last uh, years. Uh, we see advertisers coming to DPG Media and wanting to use our privacy-proof first-party data to uh, customize campaigns. Uh, so we see a 50% year-over-year increase of the use of data uh, of DPG Media for uh, campaigns of advertisers. Um, therefore, we also launched a Data Lab a while ago, DPG Data Lab, which is a self-service tool for advertisers for them to create bespoke audiences based on all the data of DPG Media. So they can combine the uh, account data, uh, but also the, the reading, viewing behavior of uh, consumers on all uh, DPG Media sites and apps to create their bespoke uh, segments and audiences. So we see an enormous uptake there. Secondly, we also see that these advertisers want to activate their first-party data. And so we therefore also launched uh, a CRM onboarding solution so that advertisers can upload their CRM files um, to match those with DPG 
And then afterwards, they can or target those matched consumers or look alike those or exempt those from uh, from campaigns. And we see that this is having an enormous uh, uptake. Also, as you were mentioning, I think afterwards, it's not only about um, setting up a campaign on our first party data and on the CRM data of the, uh, of the advertiser and matching those together, but it's also about getting insights. So what we see is after a, an, uh, an advertiser's uploaded uh, CRM data and it gets uh, this match, that also through our data clean room functionality, there are also insights available um, so that this uh, advertiser knows, for instance, okay, what are the reading behaviors? What is the socio-demo characteristics of my audience uh, on DPG media and so that they get more insights immediately uh, for their uh, CRM uh, database on our platforms. Fantastic. Thank you. Now, let's ask us a bit of a tough question. I think that publishers are facing a very different world, a uh, cookie-less world they're moving into. And in that world, there's the many different ways to monetize their inventory. But at the same time, they've got to choose from unified ID 2.0, NetID, LiveRamp authenticators, identity infrastructure. They've got so many solutions out there vying, vying for their, for their attention. How can they navigate this sort of morass? Yeah. Um, I think this sort of goes back to the first question you asked, Justin, around um, what solutions holistically do you pick? Um, and I think, again, it goes back to the idea of needing coverage with the solutions that you that you pick first and foremost. If we then jump into industry solutions specifically, um, I think some of the solutions out there are, are amazing. Like they're super innovative, um, but I think they are all going to have their challenges at one point or another. So that's just something that as publishers think about using these solutions, they need to think about. Um, I think also what it comes down to is the different markets and the different um, approaches to different markets that you might have. So, you know, if you have fragmentation in your market, an industry solution might seems like a really good idea. Um, I think for DPG Media, where you've got um, a large proportion of the market, that might change your view. So I think there are different factors that you need to consider as you start thinking about these solutions. Ultimately, they're all going to need testing and they're all going to need to um, kind of pass the seal of approval from regulators, etc. But um, I think if you think about scale, size, um, fragmentation in the market, those are the those are the types of things that you should be thinking about as you start to test these. Fantastic. So, Toon, I mean, you're a publisher. You've got to choose from all these a uh, huge array of solutions that are all vying for your for your attention really i mean how do you how do you navigate this at the top of this we talked about the impending identity crisis this is something that you're facing as a publisher how do you decide which which solution to settle on yeah i think uh, from a dpg uh, perspective as uh, amina was already mentioning we are a little bit specific as uh, we are actually in uh, both belgium and dutch markets in which we are by far the largest media company and have uh, an, uh, an a very large reach uh, for campaigns to be fully uh, executed on our network um, so our dependency i would say on third-party cookies and our dependency on um, universal ID solutions or solutions like Google Privacy Sandbox is somewhat less compared to other markets uh, where there is more fragmentation in the market. So, of course, on the other side, we are 
uh, investigating um, and we are talking to uh, the different uh, solutions that appear into the market. Um, but as said today, the uptake in the Belgium and Dutch market of, for instance, universal ID solutions is uh, very limited. We have done some tests, but um, for instance, on cookie-less environments uh, to see what the impact uh, would be in our uh, CPMs on um uh, for instance, Safari and, and, and Firefox. But up to now, this has been very, very limited. Um, so it's not immediately bringing for us a lot of value. Therefore, also our focus on our first party data as DPG on our SaaS, as well as on the contextual solutions. Next to that, and that's a little bit a bigger picture, is um, some of the, what we want to avoid is that we are rebuilding I would say the uh, world that we are living, uh, a world of third-party cookies with intermediaries between consumers uh, on one side or advertisers on one side and publishers on the other side. We really want to focus on the trusted web and having a direct relation between consumers, advertisers and publishers and want to avoid to have uh, intermediaries that have no direct connection with uh, the consumer. Because the question is, it's some of these solutions might be okay from, um, I would say, a, a black letter law of GDPR. But if you really look like on the spirit of GDPR law, is this the right thing that we are rebuilding? And that's really a, a question mark. And uh, we're certainly following up on these solutions. We are testing some. Uh, but since we are by far media, the largest media company in Belgium and the Netherlands, we can take different um route as well, in which we very much believe in uh, combining our first-party data with the first-party data of advertisers directly, as well as concentrating on all the contextual uh, opportunities that are out there in the market. Fantastic. Well, let's end on an um, optimistic, positive note. We've talked a lot about the issues here, reconstruction, identity, you know, the crisis. But how, how optimistic are you that we will come out of this in a better place, better for consumers, for advertisers and for publishers too? And starting with you, are you, are you confident we're on the way to a brighter future? Um, yes, I am. And uh, from a couple of perspectives, I think on one side, we are really bringing better user experience to consumers which is key. We are bringing a personalized experience, personalized content experience, um, which is really optimizing the consumer experience. And that's, of course, the, the key reason why consumers are visiting our media uh, and uh, entertainment platforms on, on, on the first uh, side. Secondly, we also see as DPG Media, um, we still see an enormous increase in uh, digital advertising spend. Um, so we really uh, believe that the things we are doing are also the right things. Uh, if you look to, for instance, um, focusing on that first party data, and certainly if I look to the uh, enthusiasm that we have uh, seen in the market when we launched the Data Lab, uh, where advertisers are really starting to use that platform uh, based on all our data, but also bring in their data and start combining it and then do lookalike campaigns around that, etc. We see great results. And so I think the combination of the first party data of advertisers and uh, publishers, uh, we are also only uh, seeing the beginning there. So I think there is a, a lot of opportunities there. So I'm really positive on uh, the opportunities out there combining data of uh, advertisers, brands and uh, publishers, media companies like DPG Media. It's good to hear. So I mean, the same thing to you. And are you optimistic? Is this a bright future we're heading into? 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I know we sometimes come into this with a bit of a negative attitude, but ultimately we're rebuilding the whole ecosystem. One exciting place to work, right? Um, and it's a place for innovation right now, and we should be really excited about that. I think ultimately putting consumers first is going to be the way that we stand out. We have to stop referring to consumers as other people. We are consumers. We're building this industry for ourselves, and that's just something that we should be excited about. And ultimately, I think um, it's going to help the publishers and buyers in the long run because ultimately we'll be building an ecosystem that should essentially work for everyone. That's a great note on which to end, rebuilding an ecosystem that will work for everyone. Fantastic. So that was episode two of Programmatic Under the Microscope, a series in association with Sander. So Amina... Toon, thank you both so much. That was a great way to end it all. Thank you. Thank you, Justin. And thank you so much for listening. Goodbye.